Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of 48 Minutes, brought to you by 48MinutesNetwork.com. Um, as you know, last week we did Cavs vs. Warriors week, where all three shows in the network went back, watched a classic game um, from that rivalry. So we wanted to kind of keep this going as we're getting into the swing of things with uh, the NBA season coming up at the end of July. So we decided to get ready for the draft in October, I guess. Um, this is normally the week the NBA draft should be happening. Obviously, it's not. So Sean and I are going to go back to the first draft we watched together and redraft this 2017 NBA draft that we have a lot of stories about. Um, but my pals joining us today from Chatterbox Sports, uh, Mr. Donnie Menke, who's been on the show a couple times before. Donnie, how are you, man? Doing pretty good. I'm ready to make the rightful number one pick. Yes. Yeah, so we, as, as our guest, we gave Donnie the number one pick. Uh, Sean and I have not necessarily decided who goes two or three. I'll just let Sean take two. I'll just be nice. Um, so we'll just go that route. Is that okay. cool with you? All right. I, cool. Yeah. So <clears throat> let's kind of go back to this draft real quick because it's honestly like the big picture, it's a really good draft. But there are some yeah. picks in this draft that are kind of like crazy lost. There's some hidden gems in the late later first round. The end of the lottery has two – probably two of the three best players in this draft and Donovan Mitchell and Bam Adebayo. Um, but the big storyline going into the 2017 draft is obviously Markel Fultz. Now, Sean, you worked with me at that time. You knew I was very high on Markel Fultz, still high on Markel Fultz, just not as high as I was. Um, yeah. At Washington, you know, his team wasn't very good. They won like nine or 10 games. They obviously didn't play in the tournament, but his numbers in college were outstanding. I think it was 23.9 on 40% from three. He was incredibly efficient, amazing decision maker. And obviously we haven't seen that yet in the NBA. We're finally starting to see what he can be. But <clears throat> what do you remember? Because the big talk going to the draft you remember was Fultz first ball. Who do you take one and why? And then for the Lakers, it was like, okay, if Fultz, if whoever that's not taken, do we take them or Fox? You remember it was like kind of point guard heavy at that time? Oh, but- yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, the Lakers wanted Lonzo. That yes. was the biggest thing. There and was no secret. There was no secret. Not they wanted Lonzo, and and I felt like there was going to be some Celtics shenanigans that went on, where at the last minute they were going to be like, "We're taking Ball," <laughs> just to <laughs> just to screw over the Lakes. So, uh, but they didn't, which was fine because you know the trade happened and everything. But uh, Marco Fultz, man, he was he was the talk. I mean. Um, it was one of those things where you didn't know at the right at that time if the Celtics had made the right trade, like if that was or if the if the Philadelphia 76ers had made the right move. Yeah. And uh, because you know they were you know this was how many how many top draft picks did they have in like six years? Donnie would know. He's a Celtics guy here. Uh, how many was it? How many, the, how many bad seasons did the Nets have? That's your answer. That, yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> basically every year after the trade, but, you know. Because sure. <laughs> sure. they had 
Jalen Brown was 2016, and I think they had the pick in 2015. But uh, this this one yielded the best player for sure. Well, no, it was uh, 16, 17, and 18 because they had the the Nets pick that they traded to the Cavs for Kyrie, which is right. Exton. So right. yeah, that's how it went. Um, yeah, and I remember like you know there was no secret there, but I, I remember like a couple days before the draft, there was like. The, Celt- the Lakers have a lot of interest in De'Aaron Fox, and you and I went on the pod, Sean, and we went, okay, that's the right pick. Like, that's the yeah, guy. Yeah, if they, if they would have made that, you know, now, would Fox still be on that team? No. no. no <laughs> he chance. would not. He would be uh, effing Pelican right now. Yeah. So, um, Fox yeah. Fox Zion. Oh, that'd be yeah. fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. That would definitely be fun. But, you know, I just – Seems wrong, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Seems, seems a little wrong. So, yeah. and also this time to remember, like Lonzo was at UCLA, Donnie. He was the guy there, obviously. LeVar Ball came on the scene because of Lonzo. This was yeah. the plan that started of the three brothers going to the NBA and playing on the same team. And he spoke into existence that Lonzo will be a Laker. And But really, like, Lonzo was great in college. Um, oh, yeah. Played to the Sweet 16. They lost to Kentucky and De'Aaron Fox. They won at Kentucky early in the year. You and I are very happy to know they beat the University of Cincinnati in the round of 32, who is now their head coach is running that program. <laughs> but Lonzo was like, to me, it wasn't that I disliked him. I just didn't think his shooting mechanics were going to transition to the NBA very well. And so, and this was the first year they really have. But if you remember those first two years, it was like really, really up and down, very worrisome. And, you know, we knew the passing ability was there. We knew he's a great defender, but I just didn't know if he'd be able to score high enough. And that's why I kind of leaned towards Fox in that situation. Yeah. For the long time that year, I had Lonzo over Fox on my board, but when they went head to head and Fox dropped 39 on that UCLA team, it's just that you had to, you had to move Fox ahead of him. Like you said, ball had the fantastic passing and the defense, but his shooting, just his mechanics, you can't bring it up from the side over in the NBA, it's going to get blocked. And it took a long time for him to rework. And like, you're starting to see the improvements, but Fox is still leaps and bounds better. Well, Fox too, like he wasn't a great three point shooter. And you saw in his mm-hmm. second year, I, I don't know if anyone else in this class, class made a better, bigger jump from year one to year two than Fox did. I mean, the oh, Kings no. were, the Kings were playoff contenders. Like they were in the running. Um, Fox was running for most improved too. Yeah, he was. Player. Yeah. He was awesome. Like, that was my draft crush that year. Like, that was my, like, you know, I, I watched the tournament, obviously. I watched, you know, a lot of Kentucky being where we live. And just see, seeing him and Malik Monk together, I love that backcourt. It was so fun. I'll never forget Malik Monk scoring 50 against North Carolina in Las Vegas and how fun that was. Um, but the guy – I'll have you both kind of answered this a little bit here. The guy seemed like it was kind of really – you know, there's always the workout guy, right, that we always hear about. He's kind of the guy, like, after the season ends and everyone's getting the workouts in, more people get their eyes on them. Uh, it was Donovan Mitchell. If you remember, it was like late first for a while. I know the Pacers were linked to Mitchell for a long time. And then it was kind of like around when the playoffs started and every team was out. Mitchell started climbing up more and more and more. And now in my personal opinion, I think he's the second best player in this draft. Uh, but do you recall, like, I remember seeing Donovan Mitchell at Louisville. I remember really liking him. I just don't, I did not think he would be this good an NBA player, especially right away. Yeah, I didn't either until after the season. Like, 
you're talking about with teams like they do and start to dig into his draft profile and understand the work ethic and how he was torching these NBA guys in these workouts. And it's like, this dude has all the tools to succeed unless he gets in a really bad situation. And Utah seems like the perfect situation. It was match made in heaven for them. Well, the Nuggets had the pick. That's the amazing yeah. part. They traded yeah. the pick on draft night. For Tyler Lydon. Yes. Was the pick they got back. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine a Donovan Mitchell and Nikola Jokic tandem? Oof. Or even Oof. better, what if the Chicago Bulls took him at seven? That wasn't going to happen. No. He was too far out of that range. You remember, like, it was like the, the first mock draft that came out, Mark, and it was already seventh. And it was like seventh until the draft. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I remember that year being weirdly easy to predict for mock drafts. Like, everybody knew it was going to be Foltz, Ball, Tatum, Jackson, Fox basically is the top five for a long time after the season, after the Celtics trade, anyway. Well, that was what was weird because the Celtics trade was. Is what the week of like they brought Fultz in, he worked out, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, like there's a picture of Embiid and Simmons, and I think Robert Covington, it might have been next to Fultz's locker in Philly. Yeah, I remember and, that was weird because I was trying to talk myself into this Isaiah Thomas, Markel Fultz backcourt, like, oh, this can totally work. Like, they <laughs> I was it. all in, <laughs> I like this can absolutely it. work long term. It's it'll be good, it's it's great. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait, Markel's in Philly, they're, they're gonna be trading this pick. You don't just let the guy go work out, possibly injure himself if you're not trading the pick. And it yeah. was just like a whirlwind. It, and it was, I mean, obviously, it was the right move long term, but at the time, I was pretty upset. I wanted Markel in Boston. The defense, man, he's so good defensively. I still love him defensively. But, I mean, Shad, obviously, I know you don't watch a ton of college basketball like Donnie and I do, but everyone knew going to this draft, the most priority guy was Jason Tatum. Like, it was just obvious watching him play. Yeah, Jason Tatum, uh, he he had a hell of a year that year. And, and, you know, like I said before – there was a lot of talk is Ainge making the right call here because it's, you know, Fultz was so, so good that year. And like you said, they didn't make the tournament or anything, but he was just that, that balls out star who was just going to be awesome. And it was like, is this really going to pay off? But there was also this thought that you knew that Danny Ainge was not going to do the wrong move. Like you knew, like he knew something like, I just want to know like who, like, what kind of guys in the mafia he had coming to the, <laughs> to the front office going, did, did you know that Markel Foltz doesn't know how to shoot a basketball? <laughs> and he was like, huh? You know, cause I mean, who would have known? And not to say Markel Foltz, you know, this last season, he's, he's, you know, he, playing for Orlando he's getting another chance and everything but he was such a mystery player for a while but but Tatum was a sure bet I feel like in a lot of ways and Boston uh, knew that they knew what they were doing with him oh yeah you know? and yeah. all of these the one thing about this draft that that bothers the hell out of me is all of these guys had a great first year like yeah, these was, big guys yeah these, people were talking about this like elite elite first year yeah like they they all had like all of them did all of them did and then like the next season it just kind of leveled off 
kind of leveled off for everybody because everybody was expected to make this jump. Tatum, Fultz, Ball, you know, De'Aaron Fox. And, and De'Aaron, obviously, he's, he's quietly done a hell of a job getting his act together. Um, but it's just, it's just kind of crazy to think about how great the first season was for all of these guys. And Donovan Mitchell, obviously being the, you know, kind of the, the deep pick here that, that rookie of the year, the rookie of the year. Exactly. So, um, you know, and bam, you know, this year, you know, first year all-star, I mean, this is an incredible draft. Um, you know, Lori marketing from the bulls had a, had a great first year too. another guy who kind of leveled off for two years, actually. So, so <laughs> I want to get into that for sure. Cause I want to fire bowling. Um, but we had three guys this year from this draft who made their first all-star game, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, and bam and Abayo. Um, Four of the top ten have already been traded. Markel, Lonzo, <laughs> Josh Jackson, and uh, Dennis Smith. Um, let's see. Oh, Justin Jackson, he's been traded. Justin Patton's been traded. Mm-hmm. There were a couple guys that really like were really good, you know, steals at the end. I know uh, Sean's pretty high on Kyle Kuzma. And obviously, you know, getting him at 27, the Lakers from the, from the Nets. Uh, Josh Hart at 30, another great trade the Lakers made on sure. draft night, you know, like they'd be mm-hmm. huge for them and paid off the long run. You know, Derek White for the Spurs and a typical Greg Popovich pick where he's like, I know this guy's going to be good. Believe me. Such a pop pick. Such, Such a, a pop, pop pick. Completely pegged yeah. from the outset. That was a pop pick. Um, OG Ananobi, he was a huge, huge, had a big role for that Raptors team that won the title. Um, yep. Really kind of struggled a little bit there, but kind of found his footing. Um, I really like OG's game. He's, you know, the best Indiana basketball player since Victor Oladipo, um, which is really weird to say that Indiana basketball is there now. But, you know, and then there's guys like Dennis Smith Jr. who had moments and then kind of like, as Sean said, like hasn't picked up from that flatness. Uh, Frankly, Nidalekina, we've seen him be really good defensively. The offensive game has not popped up yet. Um, Zach Collins was has been great, awesome for Portland. I still will never forgive the Kings for trading this pick because they could have had Monk and Fox back together. But um, yeah. overall, when you look at this draft, there's just so many guys up and down. Some steal. even the second round, there's guys that you're like, oh yeah, that guy pretty solid. Undrafted Chris Boucher, who was huge for the Raptors, you know, for this year right. as they were as they were picking up defending their title. Um, but John. We knew that Jimmy Butler was getting traded this night. We just, you know, we went into the draft. If you remember at our draft party, I was wearing my Jimmy Butler jersey, but we knew he was getting traded. And if you recall very well at the seventh pick, we all were thinking there, who could it possibly be? Now, I was saying Malik Monk. Malik Monk. That's who Glad I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Alex was with us that night saying Dennis Smith. Glad he was wrong. But... When they took marketing, I just remember all three of our faces going, <sighs> because I just watched him in the tournament. I just watched him in the Pac-12 where he struggled to rebound. Just saw him play Xavier in the Sweet 16 where he couldn't rebound against anybody. Um, you know, I mean, it was blue. It went through him like every he was play. Not good defensively, yeah. But you know, you're like, okay, the scoring's there. You knew he could shoot threes. You knew, like, obviously all that stuff. But we weren't necessarily in love with Lori marketing until, but have like. The first well, week of his rookie year. Well, and here's the other thing. I mean, after 
after the draft, we find out that the Bulls have not scouted this player at all. Right. They're like, yeah, we never No medicals, no nothing. It was like, what is happening? They they literally, I think, got on a, you know, some sort of draft website. And they were like, Tank and Bob. Draft Express. Draft Express. Express They they didn't even go there. They went to (laughs) NBADraft.net. They oh went there and they were like, they were like, well, what do they got at seven? And like this marketing guy. Okay, well, that's let's just do that. Let's just do that. That sounds good. That was literally the logic that happened there. Now, first year looked like they dodged a bullet, and he was going to be this, you know, next big thing in Chicago, and. Uh, you know, nothing's really happened. I know Boylan's a clown, and we talk about this all the time. But, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen to Lori Markinen, you know? But at that time, we were not thrilled by, by any of that. We, and it was funny because literally the year before on draft night, the rumored trade was Butler and Levine. Zach Levine, yeah. It was, and it literally happened Chris a, year, a year later. It took him one year. <laughs> They could have gotten that whole deal the year before. They waited till this year, and still no one knows who won that deal. Well, I think the only reason I think the Bulls won the deal is because Jimmy Butler's played for three teams since then. Sure, sure. They have they have some sort of they have some sort of assets because of that trade at that point. They do have some assets. I think there is trade value in Zach Levine. I, I still believe there's trade value in Lori Markkinen. So, I mean, one of them is going to get traded this year. But that night, though, we were just kind of like, God, the thing was, you knew Jimmy Butler was better than any of the other players in that deal. Mm-hmm. But, but on top of that, they gave the Wolves a pick, too? No, no. Yeah, they swapped picks. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. And then, if you remember in the second round, they sold their pick to the Warriors. Yeah. They gave him Jordan Bell. Cash considerations. Yes. Cash <laughs> considerations. And Jordan Bell, when he, the first time he played the Bulls, he said, he looked over at the, at the bench and did this. This is on our YouTube channel, so they can see me doing this uh, through my virtual background. <laughs> and he said, I want to know how Cash Considerations is doing, which is amazing. Yes. Um, that Oregon team went to the Final Four. They had three guys in this draft that were taken. Dylan Brooks, who yep. was a second rounder, who's definitely turned to a first rounder. Uh, yep. Damian Dotson, who I loved, still like a lot. Just wish he wasn't playing for the Knicks because he might actually get some shots somewhere else. Um, the second round's really good. Thomas Bryant, who had a year with the Lakers, was with the Celtics for like a hot minute, if I remember, and then went to the Wizards, um, but has become their starting center. It's actually been pretty good. Um, you know, but there's some other guys. Like Frank Mason was the AP player of the year. He's in the second round of this draft. Obviously, he hasn't really picked up because he's really – the size is always like his thing where it was like, I don't know if he's going to have that, but overall, like I really like this draft. I think that, you know, there are some hands. I was never in love with Justin Jackson. Just never really liked his game. Even at North Carolina thought DJ Wilson would be yeah. a lot better. I really like DJ Wilson in college. Um, and, you know, the Pacers, of course, taking TJ leaf is like just the writing on the wall. But this was also, if you guys remember Terrence Ferguson, this was like the guy that didn't go to college. He went and like did something else. And uh, did he play overseas for a year or did he do like the Darius Baisley? He went overseas. I think it was Australia. I think he went to Australia, but yeah, he, he went overseas for sure. Okay. And then Jared Allen's in this draft, who's been huge for the Nets. 
So really the yeah, talent better levels. Better than DeAndre Jordan. Right. So really the talent <laughs> levels. No. Are. And then there's the Orlando Magic, who once again take a foreign center who will never play a game for them. They love that. Yeah, it's like their thing. And budding star Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, okay, thank you. I want to talk about him. I'm still not in love with this game. I just I don't think he's ever going to be able to offensively score in the NBA. I just don't see it. I believe in it. I'm a believer. I've got – if I had the number five pick, that's where he'd be going in this redraft for me. Why do you, why do you believe in him? I'm just curious. Because he's going to be able to guard whoever he wants. He's going to be able to be that defensive stopper. And if he can just literally just be putbacks and a cutter, he's going to be a, a mega plus for his team. He's going to okay. be probably what the Magic wanted Aaron Gordon to be this year is probably what he will actually be. Well, and he's, he's 6'11", is that correct? Yeah. He's a pretty, pretty tall guy. He actually he – actually, it's kind of funny. He went to high school in like right down the street from where my mom lives down in Florida. Uh, wow. So, which I, I just discovered. I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know he was from there. But um, I, I'm kind of with you, Donnie. I, I have – I'm still a little bit of a believer about him. I'm a little bit of a believer. I think that, uh, you know, he's in Orlando though. That's, that's kind of the biggest. Yeah, that's, that's tough. That's the biggest problem. I feel like Orlando is just a big, it's a big black hole right now in the NBA. It's one of those, those teams where they get a guy who looks like they're going to be really talented. Aaron Gordon, you know, and, or Mark is talented. He's just not good at NBA basketball. No, I think the Orlando Magic is not good at basketball. They're not good at player development. For no, anything. not at all. Not <laughs> no, at all. Not even close. I mean, I mean, their 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 GM a couple years ago was like what 31, 32 years old. He was like the youngest GM in the history of the league, and like he had no idea what he was doing. So Frank Vogel couldn't win there. Frank Vogel wins everywhere. That's true. Yes, that is you're that's not true. you're not wrong about that. You're not wrong about that. That's a nice observation. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. So I think we touched on it. There's a lot of guys. Do you guys have the boards up? Yeah. Yep. Cool. All right. So let's go ahead and mock it through. We're going to do the lottery. So we're going to go one through 14. And I just want to get this out real quick before we get further into this. I know a lot of people might list this and be like, didn't Bill Simmons and the ringer come up with this idea? False. Please go back to our archives. There's an old show called dropping balls. I used to host where we used to do this exact thing. Sean can attest to this. I made the logo for it. He did. (laughs) All right. So the order is going to go Donnie, Sean, me. So one, two, three. We're going to go through the lottery. So uh, Donnie, at number one, you have – remember, this pick was originally Markel Fultz for the Philadelphia Sixers, and you're obviously taking – Jason Tatum. It's not even a contest. I mean, if we're doing this in January, maybe it's a contest. But once Tatum got named to the all-star team, he's just been playing at an all-NBA level. High volume, high efficiency, two-way, high-level player on both ends of the floor. He'll guard the opponent's best player if he needs to. He's a dynamite pick-and-roll player. Like, he's just insanely efficient out of there. He he was shooting over 50% from three for, like, a month straight. Like, he's just hyper-efficient. He does everything well. He's only he's only 19 still. I mean, yeah, he's <laughs> he's pushing for All-NBA at a, at a be deep spot forever. already. Oh, 19 forever. 19 his, son will be, his son will be 19 when Tatum's still 19. Tatum also but, really, like, 
kind of got like the biggest experience of this group immediately. So when Kyrie oh, and Gordon Hayward get hurt, they take the Cavs to the ga- to game seven. He has the dunk on LeBron. That was my um, phone which, background for a while. He awoken the beast <laughs> in the fourth quarter of that game. Unfortunately. Yes. But I'll uh, always have that dunk. Oh, it was awesome. And I think it's the best pick because if you ask, like, who's the best bet in this draft to be an MVP? It's Jason Tatum. It, it's Tatum. Yeah, I agree. It's right. the wing. The value of the wing is insane too, which will help his his future MVP. Oh, I agree. I think, and I've gone on record to say, like, I think Jason Tatum's career, what he's done, will go down as a better Celtic than Paul Pierce. Like, I, I still stand by that. I, like I think that. that's that tracks. Yeah, with with the way he plays, has been playing since the All Star break, it, it absolutely possible. Cool. All right, I'll go with Tatum. No disagreements. None. I don't think so. Sean, do you have number two for the Lakers? Number two for the Lakers. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with De'Aaron Fox. Love it. I, I, he is, he has gotten better with each year in the NBA quietly, quietly gotten better. Um, True. Just, you know, last year he played 81 out of 82 games. He, he improved. 17.3 17.3 points a game from his rookie year from 11.6. Um, pretty much improved in everything that he did in the last two years, uh, except his assists went down last year, but his points went up. Um, he has been a phenomenal player, distributor. Um, he is uh, he's a future all-star. I think, that, I think that he is going to have a ridiculous NBA career. However, I fear that you know, the Kings are another another black hole team, and it's true. It's, it's true. So yeah, I love Vladi as a player, but damn. So uh, I'm gonna go yeah. with him. I think I think he still has the highest ceiling of of any of these guys that we're looking at. I, I a lot of people probably might not say that, but I I I think De'Aaron Fox is is the the second number two pick in this if we're going to redraft right now we're doing that so so the biggest thing about fox that stands out is you know actually really this draft is like how good these guys are defensively all three years he's been in the league he's been a plus defender he has 4.9 defensive win shares already in his nba career which is like a really good amount for a point guard especially um like sean said the shooting he shot 37 percent from three his second year he you know the speed, there's, you know, I don't think end-to-end there's anyone in the league faster than him. Maybe Russell Westbrook, and it's close. Uh, yeah. Derek Rose when he had both legs, maybe. But, um, <laughs> or jo- yeah. John Well was an Achilles. Yeah, like those are the yeah. three, you know. Um, but, yeah, I love Fox. Like I said, I've always been high on him. So, I like that pick. Now you make it hard for me because there's two guys here for the Celtics that both fit exactly what the Celtics could do. Um, and as much as I love Mitchell, I'm going Bam Adebayo. Ooh. Ooh. So, I thought I would have had a unique take with that one. <laughs> so my thing is, you know, Adebayo's obviously improved all three years. I know we're going back to back Kentucky guys, but Adebayo has gotten better and better and better. He was an all-star this year. Like he was the reason the Heat were winning a lot of games down the sh- like before the season ended. Um, he's really bought oh, yeah. into that Eric Spolster defense. I think the Celtics run a pretty similar structure to the Heat as far as, like, if you don't play defense, you don't play. Yeah. Um, and really, I mean, Donnie, you can speak better than any of us here. Like, 
since Garnett, they really haven't had an effective big man. And it seems like, you know, like Aaron Baines has been good this year, don't get me wrong, but Adebayo's ceiling compared to Aaron Baines is way, you know, completely different. Um, I know Robert Williams has, you know, really been a significant surprise at times for this team. He has some flashes, but Adebayo has been consistently good this whole year. Um, He's developed this, like, pick-and-pop game. Um, Reminds me a lot as far as, like, his, like, size. I know he's a little taller than Dwight Howard, but, like, just his muscle structure and how he moves up and down the court. So... I think as much and like I love Donovan Mitchell, his two-way abilities are incredible. You know, like Donnie said, there's the power of the wing. But at this pick, it was so hard for me to pick between the two, but I thought Adebayo made the most sense. Don't forget Horford. They he was really you're right. he was, you're right. absolutely yeah. not gar absolutely not Garnett level, but he was was really important for those teams. But I, I would have loved Adebayo in Boston right now. Like I love Tice. I love Cantor. They do fill their roles effectively, but Adebayo is somebody you can just put out on the floor and not worry about not worry about him getting played off the floor defensively, and that would be really, really useful. Yeah. So I want to make mention of something I forgot to mention in the summary before we before you make this pick, Donnie. Okay. This is the Suns pick that they would not give to the Cavaliers for Kyrie Irving because they said we don't want to lose Josh Jackson. All right, you can pick now. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell. You're making this easy on me. Sure. Easily. I had him. Him and Adebayo were neck and neck. I would have taken Fox here if he was still available, though. Um, you get Booker and Mitchell at, at the wing spots oh on that God. team, and all of a sudden, yeah, they, the offense is incredible with those two if it happens. Uh, Mitchell just – his rookie year, he hasn't improved as much as people would like, but he's still at an all-star level in the Western Conference. Yeah, And from his rookie year, that playoff series against Oklahoma City really impressed me with the way he, he his mentality was like, I may be losing, but I'm emptying the clip trying to, to win it type mentality. And that's a, something that I don't think Phoenix has on their roster, which I think could be important for them down the line. But I, Mitchell is the obvious pick here for me. I really like this pick a lot. Um, the other thing, too, if this situation happens – you get Donovan Mitchell, you can hide Devin Booker even more on defense because we know that's right. where he struggles. So, yeah, I right. get it. Yeah. All right, and, Sean. Go ahead, Donnie. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I, I was just going to say he's absolutely a better fit than Josh Jackson was. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Josh Jackson did his thing in the G League, right? In the G League. Yeah. So, number five for the Kings, Sean. Number five for the Kings. Well, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Lonzo. Nice. I'm gonna go with Lonzo. Um, you know, still uh, a guy who who <laughs> obviously needs some uh, some proven years under his belt. But either way, I feel like the Kings would still need a point guard if we were, you know, because you know they just go through those all willy nilly anyway. and uh, well you know what's it matter you know and uh you know Lonzo gets to stay in California still so you know there's that as well um but you know Lonzo's still got a lot to prove I know there's I love De'Aaron Fox a lot more than I like Lonzo Ball same um you know but Lonzo is is I mean you look at his his stats from this year what he's putting up is still really good it's not super impressive in terms of you know uh throwing up big numbers on points but he's averaging 12 points 
six rebounds and seven assists a game. That's that's pretty damn good in my book. And yeah. he's gonna he's got the tools. He has the tools to become a better player. He's a tall tall point guard. Uh, you know the the jury's gonna be out if his his brother turns out to be a better player than him. We're assuming he's Which going will. to be. He's, I believe in him. We think he's going to be. But uh, yeah, I I would still go ahead and I would I would take Lonzo here uh, for the Kings. I like it. All right, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm six at the Magic. I can't believe I'm gonna go big men for both my picks, guys. Like in this NBA, but no. I can't not take John Collins here, right? Like, he's been incredible for Atlanta. He's been so good. And I was back and forth between him and Markkinen, but the deciding factor came that John Collins is better at everything statistically than Laurie Markkinen, just about. So, Collins is 57% from the floor, Markkinen 43. Collins is 37% from three, Markkinen's 36. I know that's close. Um, points per game, pretty close, but he's a much better rebounder. I know he missed some time this year with the suspension, but... You know, when the Hawks were doing this rebuild and they were getting all these people to kind of go post-Bootenholzer era, Collins was the first pick in that group, and he really kind of made this draft transition easy to get guys like Trey Young, to get guys like DeAndre Hunter, like Cameron Reddish, um, you know, Kevin Herter, guys like that. Uh, Collins is a guy that completely outperformed his draft position, and don't get me wrong, like there's so many good players at this situation, this draft, but for me, we know how much Orlando likes to draft big men. And as much as I like Jonathan Isaac's defensive game, I just, ha- I don't know when the offense is going to come. We've seen Collins as a great tight end base where he can go grab the ball out of the air and throw it down. Uh, he's got some good shot blocking ability and, you know, he's got to get better on defense. I'm not going to deny that oh, by yeah. any means, but as far as just a scoring big man who can stretch the floor, it's kind of what the big man has to do nowadays. So I think Collins here would be huge for Orlando next to a guy like Vucevic. And a guy, having a guy like Terrence Ross to help him spread the floor as well to have another wing option. So I'm going to stick with the magic taking John Collins here. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, I like it too. Collins is a guy that was a nice sleeper heading in. If he could develop that outside shot, and he's done way better with that than I could have than I would have thought. My one of my all time best fantasy basketball draft picks was taking him in the last round of our draft. Oh yep, <laughs> that's a really solid pickup. Yeah. He. It, it was kind of disappointing after the Capella trade to Atlanta, though. It felt like he got relegated to, like, spot-up shooter a little bit. Yeah, he did. I, I want to see him get put back in those pick-and-rolls because he's athletic as hell, and it's fun to watch him in the tr- pick-and-roll with Trey Young. I agree. Yeah, I like him a lot. Donnie, you have seven for the Bulls. No pressure here with Sean and I staring you in the eye. Well, since you're not a, as much of a fan of Jonathan Isaac, I'm going to take Jonathan Isaac. Celtics I, I, fan kind of move, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, for I, I'm like I said earlier, I'm still really high on Isaac. He's like a defensive. He's going to be a defensive nightmare for a lot. Something of the teams. Bulls don't have. You know yeah. what, Donnie? I'm in. I'll I'll I trade. Like it. I'll trade marketing right now for him. What the hell? Do I do I make the rest of my case, or are you good? No, that's fine. <laughs> that's that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> he's posting a bunch of career highs this season, like. Uh, I mean, it's on 12, 12 points per game, but 6.9 rebounds, 1.4 assists, 1.6 steals, and 2.4 blocks per game. I mean, he's – and according to Bleacher Report, he's got 
the best true shooting percentage and usage rate of his career and the best block rate of the class. So, like, he's going to – I still believe in his offensive potential and his defensive metrics seem to back up that he can just be a terror on that end for years. I like the pick. I would – I mean, I would feel much better if they had taken Jonathan Isaac and he had dropped there than the ups and downs of Laurie Market, and I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. So, Sean, you're the Knicks. I'm the Knicks. Well, I need to make a bad pick then. I'm – <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and give him Laurie Markin. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to wish that on Laurie. Um, I'm actually gonna go with. Uh, I know this is gonna, in terms of production, whatever. I'm gonna go with Jared Allen, um, a guy who's just been just. I love that pick. Just steady. Yeah. Just steady. Even in uh, less playing time this year as he had the year before. Um, it, there was a different makeup team with, with D'Angelo Russell um, on, you know, on the, that net squad, which was the fun net squad before Kyrie had to come and be Kyrie. <laughs> and KD too. And KD too. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But uh, you know, Jared Allen over the last three years, he's just, he's just been a solid guy, like just really, really solid um, has averaged basically a double double for the last two seasons. And like I said, didn't he's not getting as much playing time this season as he did the year before and he's still able to adjust he's got good size um you know he's a he's just he's a hard he's a hard working player and honestly i could see him in a Knicks jersey you know i just i i could see it but them picking jared allen is something that would just never happen and that actually work out they got to pick somebody like frankie smokes like that's that's <laughs> That's a Knicks move through and through. And and not only that, it's like, you know, how is that guy still on the team? Like, why why haven't they moved on from him at this point? I, I, I don't know. I, 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 was, <laughs> I, I was high on You're like, I don't even question the Knicks well, logic anymore. They, they traded for like, you know, they traded for Dennis Smith. Yeah. By the way, I'm they not taking this pick. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not he taking Dennis Smith clear. here at nine by any means. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, there's so much to him where, like, I love Nito King's defensive game, and mm-hmm. so I'm with you. So, ooh, I really like that Jared Allen pick. Okay, so I was – I got to take Laurie Market in at nine. Okay. I have to. I mean, you know, he has a year with Dirk. Two years with Dirk. Let's say if this works out the way that the elite, it actually does, the next year he has Luca. And where Laurie Markin, I think, is really struggling in Chicago is he hasn't had that driving dish point guard. You have to give him open spaces. Like there's that rumor that the Bulls were talking, were trying to make something happen with the Lakers to send Markin in there. Markin with LeBron is perfect. So you could just give him, like, get him, like, the space to floor for him to get shots. Yeah. In this situation, you put him with a guy like a Luka Doncic, even the year before. I mean, the Mavericks weren't great by any means, obviously, but they had good guards that could kind of make – like, that was the year Yogi Ferrell was good at basketball. And so at giving him a year where he can learn, he can shoot, he's going to have that they, – they play that offense where they space the floor. And, you know, they kind of like – I think for him would have been great. I really want to take somebody else here. Um, hopefully he's available when I pick for the Pistons at 12. But I think Laurie at this situation at nine, like there's no way he could get out of the top 10, even with how we've talked about his downfall. There was just no way he could pass through. 
Yeah, I think under like Bolin and not under Bolin, he would have had a much like he would still be ascending instead of kind of staying where he is. So I, yeah. I like the pick. So you're 10 for the Kings, which was traded to the Blazers. We got some excitement music going. <laughs> yeah, sorry, drag racing outside my apartment. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Their engine um, sounds like a lawnmower. <laughs> I, I don't even know what happened there, but. <laughs> <laughs> For number 10, I'm going to go with Kyle Kuzma. Oh, that was not who I was thinking. That's who I was going to go with. I still believe in his potential. He's had to take a a much smaller role this year between LeBron and Davis. His numbers are down a little bit, but I still like his potential. I'm not very high on Kuzma personally, but I don't see many players better than him at this point. He's... Kind of, he's still a Swiss Army knife kind of player. He can do a lot of little things from that power forward spot. And I like his upside long term, especially once LeBron and Davis are kind of outside their primes. He could be a nice piece for LA moving forward, or he's going to be a nice piece for LA moving forward. And I like would like him in Sacramento. I mean, no, this happened. Like that was one of the big trade rumors, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was really close. <laughs> oh, coos. I believe in Kuz myself, I but I, I don't know what team I believe in Kuz with. Like, <laughs> what, what team, you know, even, you know, not even talking from a, a redraftable kind of standpoint, what team um, basically opens up Kyle Kuzma's game to his full potential? Can I tell San you guys Antonio. something I've heard? Go ahead. Tell me. I heard some rumblings from some people. Now, mind you, I'm not going to give any names away. So people who don't know that you, what you guys know won't believe me. Some rumors, some Tim rumors. Some rumors. There was a lengthy discussion between the Lakers and the Pacers, Miles Turner for Kyle Kuzma. It was a two-day discussion, and then they ended up say, walking away. Hmm. I would love that fit for both teams, actually, but I'm, yeah. I'm not sure how LeBron and AD react to that. True. Oh, that's the boy. Seem, they they seem to love Kuz, yeah. I think I think they've I think they've cooled down on Kuz a little bit over the season. I think he was super tight with them at the beginning because he was kind of that guy who was uh, you know the guy who kind of outperformed his his draft value from the year before. Mm-hmm. But like you know, I I think as the year has gone by, I think they're like, dude, anything that we can get who's not, you know, it's like LeBron and Anthony Davis. They, you know, any, nobody else matters. Those are the two guys that matter. Anyone else can be traded, including Kuz, because he's got value. He's got a small contract right now. So, you know, I, uh, I, I just, I, I think they're signing up if they can get something that's better than him. I like it. So Sean, you're 11 at the Hornets. This was originally Malik Monk. I have a feeling this will not be Malik Monk. Nope, I'm not going with Malik Monk. <laughs> he you don't to, say. He needs to. He needs to go back into our fantasy Chicago Bulls team in a fantasy <laughs> in a fantasy where he's actually a good NBA player. I do this thing in 2K all the time where I make a trade for him for I get him for the Bulls for Chris Dunn, and I never regret it because you never regret it. Okay, Malik Monk's one of those 2K <laughs> guys that like he's just always hits the shots. Like if you put him on your team, you put him on your bench, he's gonna be a microwave for you. I mean, that I mean, athletic and, shooter. Yeah, I mean in J.R. Smith too. I mean in in 
theory, he should be the next Ben Gordon. Mm-hmm. In theory. Yeah. But he's not. Yeah. No, theory, he's not. But You're he's correct. not. All right. So for the Hornets, at number eleven, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig deep here. I'm gonna dig deep, and this is a guy. I don't want him to go to the Hornets because I don't want anyone to go to the Hornets. Take okay. That back. No, I don't want anyone to go to the Hornets. I don't want anyone. They're they're a shit team, Tim. They're a shit team. <laughs> they once were not a shit team. They were a fun team in the '90s who had cool jerseys who just need mm-hmm. to accept that their old jerseys were the best jerseys and be be done with it. But they're they're not smart enough to do that. So I'm going to pick Derek White. Derek oh! White. Oh. Oh. I I'm love going, that. I'm going with that's Derek White. Do, that's who was going to do a 13, man. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, I'm, <laughs> you want to you talk about a guy who, uh, you know, over the last season has really picked up his game. Obviously, this is a guy that, that had, some, had some pop dust thrown on him, some pop dust that, that has <laughs> unlocked his full potential. And Derek White is a, is a great player. I mean, a guy who's, uh, you know, he's got good, he's got pretty good size for a point guard, um, yeah. you know, and he's a good distributor. He can score. He really is a, a typical pop type guy. But, you know, it, if we're looking back at it, I'm going to go ahead and throw him on, I'm going to throw him on, uh, on, on the Hornets because if, if we're looking back at this point, they're just about ready, just about ready to cut loose Kimba Walker. So, so, you know, they, this is, this is their guy. This is their building block for the future. I'm picking Derek White. That's a good pick. That's interesting. I still really like that Spurs point guard tandem. I'm still really high on it. Um, I think Deontay Murray, you know, was second team all defense his second year in the NBA. He was got he? hurt. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's insane. If you tried playing against him in 2k, he steals the ball every time. <laughs> you haven't seen Sean's my team. Trust me, he doesn't. Ooh, all right. So the Pistons. All right. So I was between three people here. Um, one of them was in fact the guy they took, Luke Kennard. I decided against him. I was really thinking about Zach Collins because I think Zach Collins has become a great role player for the Blazers. But honestly, guys, I went with OG and Anobi here. Um, Ooh, okay. So here's between the three. OG and Anobi has the most win shares at ten point one. He has the most win shares per 48 at 0.103. He's the best at defensive box plus minus. He's almost a, a win more at box plus minus. Value over replacement player, he's a 1.8. Collins is a minus 0.3. Luke Kennard's a 1.2. Really, the only thing Kennard has on Ananobi is his shooting abilities. But, and I know OG really had a, had a year there where he really didn't play much. Um, he was a starter his rookie year. Then started this year, didn't start last year because, you know, Kawhi Leonard came to town. That seems to happen when he's here. But this year alone, career high in field goal percentage, shot 38% from three. Um, he needs to get better at the free throw line. Obviously, he's about 69% there. But 10 po- and the 10.7 a game is not going to make anyone, like, faint by any means. But I really like OG's abilities. I think that in a right system, he could do really well. And I think a Dwayne Casey, OG Nanobi situation, like I don't know when he was drafted, would be really good here in Detroit. I agree. I like the pick a lot. I like that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people kind of wrote him off over like the last year because he didn't really take off the way they thought he would with more playing time 
you know, but, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that I, I wouldn't give up on. He's definitely a building block right now for, for the Raptors. Yeah. So I, 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 I'd do it. Yeah. Detroit needs more guys that aren't just that have his skill set. Yeah. And that, you know, just aren't trash. (laughs) (laughs) Or injured all the time. Like Blake trash injured. They're like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and sign the, the ghost of Derek Rose, you know, and... he was good for them though. He was really yeah, good. But, but, but it's just, it's glimpses, man. It's glimpses. It's true. He'll, he'll probably just bail on the team mid season again. All right. So we have two more picks in this lottery and it's still a lot of talent on the table. So Donnie at 13 with the nuggets. I'm the, I was debating between two guys. I was debating between Luke Kennard because I got to throw some respect for the guy who's grew up like 10 minutes from where I did. And the guy I'm going to take is Dylan Brooks. Oh, I love that pick. Little off the wall. The metrics don't seem to love him, but he's averaging 15.7 points per game this year on probably the best young core in basketball. And I just I really like his all around game. It's smooth. He does a, he does a lot from that shooting guard spot. He's six seven. He's got some nice size there, and I just think he was way undervalued coming out of college. And I go a little off the wall with a second round pick here. I like that pick a lot, actually. It's not that off the wall. I mean, I I I get it. Yeah, I take. I I, I had a first it. round a first round on him for sure, but I thought lottery might be a little bit of a reach. yeah i like is this the the final pick i mean i i'll throw it who my 15 would be but it's not technically on the board so yeah sean you end the lottery with the miami heat who you know always get it right very rarely do they get it wrong yeah (laughs) well it seems like you're putting a little extra pressure on me yeah oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i well i'm i'm gonna go with who Donnie was thinking about going with the last one. I'm going to go with Luke. <laughs> I'm going to go with Luke in this, uh, this scenario. Cause I feel like, uh, you know, Miami always needs some sort of sharp shooting white guy on their team. Always have, <laughs> you know, they need, a, they need a Dan Mike Marley Miller, replacement. Duncan Robinson. Mike Miller. Exactly. Shane Battier. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I like that pick. I love Kennard. Obviously, his shooting is his best tool, and it's just insane how good a shooter he is. Like, well, he's going to be in the NBA for a long time because of that. Yeah, and and you know, you know, he's he's one of those guys, you know, who who can shoot the long ball, but he's also he's he's got tools to be better at other things as well. I feel like, and and that's going to come along. Uh, being in Detroit right now, though, I you know. There's so many black holes in the NBA right now. And I feel like Detroit is another one where I'm just like, anytime I see a player go there, I'm just like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I like them going there. I don't want them to, you know, fall off or anything, but you feel like the best players are going to make the best of any situation, whether it's playing time or whatever. And Luke Kennard does have a lot of room to grow, but uh, if I'm Miami at that point, I, I, I'd go ahead, knowing what we know now, I'd go ahead and take a flyer on, on Luke Kennard. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, I think Kennard's obviously the three-point abilities, but has struggled to stay healthy a little bit. I think you know, he hasn't played a full season yet. 
Um, has playoff experience. I know they got swept, but he did play in a playoff series. So, yeah, I dig it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's good. I guess if I had a 15, I was between Thomas Bryant and Semi Ojale. I would, I would probably take Semi. a Bryant. Yeah, I like Semi's I'd, game. I'd go, I'd go Bryant. Yeah. It was surprising looking at the stats for this class that Semi Ojale has like more win shares than almost than he's like 20th or something like that. <laughs> well, he's been on the Celtics forever. Who have been well, just yeah. Super, yeah. Um, but. so the guy right here, like I know this is asked on the, uh, the redraftables and I guess I'm kind of taking this part of the idea, even though this was originally my idea three years ago. <laughs> um, the player you haven't given up yet in this draft. I have two. I haven't okay. given up Malik Monk. I still think the scoring ability is there. Um, I still think he has a lot of J.R. Smith in him where he does make some off-the-wall dumb plays, but then he'll like redeem himself the next series. He has that ability. And although Harry Giles will never be what he was supposed to be when he was the number one high school player in the country, I still think if he can get healthy, he's going to be a really good NBA player as far as a role player, a backup five. And I've been high on him for a long time. So those are the two guys that I'm like, I keep an eye on that. I can't wait. I just am waiting for them to break through. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe something will happen with Monk. Maybe he'll, you know, go somewhere else and become great. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like time's still insane. His potential is insane, but I feel like the clock's kind of winding down on Monk to, to, to step his game up or, or disappear. And he's as, I'm curious because this is the year that these guys can all get their rookie extensions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder what Charlotte does with him. Because I remember I talked to, when I was at an, like a, a game I was covering, I talked to a Hornet scout and I asked about him. And he goes, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. He's, he goes, he's as, he's as talented as anyone we have in the gym. He's like, but he just doesn't put the effort forward. So it's an effort stand. That, that's what they're saying it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Any guys that you guys are still holding on hope to? I don't know. I wanted to keep believing in Dennis Smith Jr. He was somebody I really thought could be yeah. something, and he's just fallen off a cliff. Like, he's been, like, just horrid at the end of the yeah, year. I'm but, still holding on some hope, but I don't know, man. But he's on the Knicks, man. <laughs> <laughs> They're a train wreck every year. I mean, this is a team <laughs> whose whole last season was hinging on them getting – Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Zion, all of which <laughs> did not happen. And none I mean, of them I mean, played until and, January this year, so it wouldn't have been anything anyway. Exactly, exactly. But trust me, I'm, I'm sure the, the Knicks fans would have been okay waiting till January to get all those players, Donnie. I think they would be, oh, yeah. oh, oh we got to wait till then. That's that, We've been waiting for years, you know? You remember so, the lottery when the Lakers got the fourth pick and they showed the Knicks fans like all laughing at them and then they got the third pick? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, karma. <laughs> that was awesome. And when the when we knew when the Lakers got the fourth pick, we we're like, "Oh, that's going to be in New Orleans." <laughs> yeah, instantly. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was fun, guys. Thank you for doing this with me. And so we have some stuff to go up this week. Um, this will be on our YouTube channel. This will also be on all of our podcast feeds. So wherever you chat, tune in. Hope you guys like it. Tell us what you think. Um, we'll put Donnie's Twitter tag in the bio, and. 
go. You guys, yeah, you guys can tell us what all we like about what you like about our draft, what you don't like. Are we crazy? Should Bam Adebayo really have gone third? Yes, but I would have put him second. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> Ooh. I like that. I like that a lot. But Donnie, thank you for doing this with us, man. Like it was great to see you again. I haven't seen you since the last college basketball game of the year. Um, Mark Baldwin put the dagger in Xavier's heart. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. That was a hell of a game, though, man. It was really fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That was fun um, but, to cover for sure. Yeah, we'll be back probably next week. Um, I know Sean and I got some plans to get ready for the season. So everyone, have a good night. <laughs>